Sunday, October 18th, 2020, three and one victory Sunday. Sons of Saturday are returning to bring you some contentory here, recapping this game, uh, this victory over Boston College yesterday. These are so much more fun when we win. So much more fun. It's a lot more fun, guys. Sons of fun. Fun of Saturday. We are here to talk BC game, uh, but first of all, we got some hokey haikus, and we got to give shout-outs to the Main Street Pharmacy. Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts was in there on Saturday night. You saw him. He had the little gator with the hokey bird beak and whatever that little thing is that hangs off the beak. Uh, He was yelling and shouting and ripping up pictures of Matt Ryan, which is a joke. So a little Twitter thread. It's a joke. We love, uh, we love Jeremy. We love his hate for Matt Ryan and we love the main street pharmacy. Uh, shout out to Jeremy for, for bringing the noise on Saturday at the game. The main street pharmacy is your one stop shop for all of your necessities. Listen, head on in there. If you want some ibuprofen, head on in there and in, in, in there to get your (laughs) words uh yes head on in there to get your uh prescription filled you know go get some cheez-its you know they got all the snacks sons of snacks uh but they are a incredible local business sons of supporting local businesses head on into the main street pharmacy because when you walk in those doors you are a neighbor not a number we got three hokey haikus I'm going to run through these faster than Khalil Herbert was running through the line yesterday. First real quick, one. though. Real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. I want to applaud everybody because I remember when we did these a year ago, we literally had to text people and say, hey, can you submit a hokey haiku? So we do appreciate the submissionary from all of you out there. Thank you so much. Yes. Gracias. Matt Green. Vice squad dominates, receivers blocking well too, Herbert for Heisman. J.J. Singleton, vice squad is legit. Hendon and Juice still running. Hendon and Juice still running. Hendon and Juice still running. Yeah, that's seven. Pancakes all night long. Grant Watson, turnovers were key. Will we rush for 400? Hooker spin cycle. Tornado emoji. I like that. I Thank like you it. for the submissions. That was absolutely tremendous. Hokies beat Boston College 40-14 to 14 on Saturday evening behind the up-and-coming Blacksburg law firm Hooker and Herbert. The rushing attack for Virginia Tech proved to be the storyline yet again. Shout-out to Sean Driscoll on Twitter. Predicted uh, the closest score. We did the, uh, the little score predictions. 42 to 17 and we won 40 to 14. So only five points off, but since he was closest, uh, we will be sending him some hokey coasters courtesy of latest laser edge. Let's go. We missed John laser, but this is laser edge. So let's break it down boys. Where did we watch? What did we consume? Grayson kick it off. Yesterday, let me just say, I've been in L.A. almost two years now, which is kind of crazy to think about. Last year uh, at Jocks or Dailies, we had phenomenal crowds. And by phenomenal, I mean, like, I considered a phenomenal crowd 15 people. Yesterday, I want to say we had close to 50 
there. I love it that. Was, it was so cool to see. I mean, everyone, I swear, it was like everyone had friends in town this past weekend who all happened to be Virginia Tech graduates. So everyone, Eric Avazar hit everyone up and was like, yo, come out to O'Brien's. And fun fact, if y'all saw on Twitter last night and on our Instagram page, a former Hokie and current Los Angeles Charger a guy named Brandon Faison, you might have heard of him, showed up at O'Brien's last night to partake in the festivities and watch the game with the Hokie faithful, which was so cool. We've been trying to get an L.A. Hokie like that, either Tyrod, Brandon, what have you, out to come out and hang out with us. Brandon showed out, uh, was so cool with everyone. Everyone uh, was was talking to him, uh, and, and he was just uh, having a great time. So, Brandon. Thanks for coming out, man. You really made everyone's night uh, celebrating Eric Avazar and, and my uh, my birthday there. It was so cool for, for you to be there uh, as part of that celebration and the Hokies dub. Bill, where did you watch, my friend? Back, back out east, still in Atlanta. We're one and one in Atlanta, but we had a fantastic, fantastic weekend. Trent Young made his way down from Richmond, played a little golf. I, I took a play, I took a page out of Pat Finn's book. We played golf uh 8:30 in the morning. We were on the links hitting the golf ball around. Um a little game a day classic action. Love game that. day, game day classic action. Um, so that was that was awesome stuff. I heard I heard you got a par. I had my first par ever today at Bobby Jones, uh, the Bobby Jones golf course. I tried to save the ball. We played nine this morning. Um, and on hole number six, I got a par celebrated very, I did like, I didn't want to ruin the greens, So I jumped kind of high, but I tried not to like pulverize the greens cause it's rained a lot here. So I tried to be careful, but then I lost the ball on eight and, um, yeah, I wanted to hang it up, but you know, whatever. Played some golf. Then we went down to a brewery uh, over in Atlanta, three taverns. Uh, met up with Taylor Newman, James Lavender and Company. Invested in some craft craft beermanship. Uh, you can follow me on Untapped Booze and Bill. I'm a good follow. That's a fantastic app. And aside from that, then we were like, you know what, guys? We played golf today. We're exhausted. We're just gonna get back to the house sit down on the couch and watch some football. And it was a ton of fun. Me, Mike Santa Maria, Trent Young, just watching some football. Just a couple of guys being dudes. Because in Atlanta, the truth of the matter is, Bama played UGA this weekend, and there wasn't going to be any TV in Atlanta where you could watch the uh, where you could watch the ACC network because it just means more. But at the end of the day, Hokies got it done. It was a ton of fun. I had a blast. Pat, take us home. Yeah. Uh, love that you guys had a good weekend. I myself uh, was in Myrtle Beach playing some golf with uh, with my dad, with some of the uh, the buddies, the Hacking Hokies. They know who they are. But uh, was actually at a wedding last night in Washington, North Carolina. Fall stayed weddings. in state hashtag okay hashtag no fall weddings. Just kidding, but hashtag no fall weddings. Uh, <laughs> sons of bad receptions at the reception. Couldn't really watch. Uh, you know. My LTE was was going in and out. I I forgot my login, so I couldn't even log into the ESPN app. You know, we were getting updates from some other guys who had sons of strong connections, but uh, really was just kind of watching in and out, uh, but did not necessarily get to watch the whole game beginning to end. Caught the uh, caught the condensed game today, but again, like Bill says, condensed game. They leave out a lot of key plays that 
you know, you, you could probably find a lot of value out of. But yeah, fantastic wedding. It was a, a, a great time featuring the matrimony, holy matrimony. So Callie Schaefer, Austin Gable, big friend of the podcast. Former guest. Former, former guest. two-time guest wrestling aficionado, Austin Gable and Callie Schaefer tied the knot last night. And it was a great time. And I will give you guys all the shout outs and shout outs at the end. But that's where I watched slash quote unquote watch didn't really watch. So I'm, I'm going to be running point here. You guys are going to be given most of the feedback. I'm going to be asking the questions and that's how we're going to do it. So let's kick it off. What did we like from this game yesterday? Grayson, tell me some things about the offense that you liked. Yeah, Pat. No, here's a good place to start. Hendon Hooker as the starting quarterback for all four quarters was pretty, pretty tight. Guys, this is Hen Boss's team. He's a leader who knows how to rally his troops. You saw him last week against UNC. He's in the huddle. He's he's dialed in. Uh, and it was no different last night. Here's an old-fashioned G1 take for you. In my opinion, Hendon Hooker is the most shifty quarterback since Tyrod Taylor. Listen, like I know Gerard Evans was a phenomenal player, but he was more of a bulldozer. Hendon is more elusive and more shifty. I think he has better downfield vision. Uh, So to see him out there doing his thing, taking control of the offense, they really gave him the keys last night is a thing of beauty. Bill, do you agree? I know you played on the team with Gerard Evans. I got to say this. So a couple of things about Hendon. You mentioned the UNC deal. Pat and I watched it happen. Uh, Hendon's going through whatever he's going through with with his health issues and, and Braxton Burmeister's you know, playing the game. And I'm, I'm watching Hendon a lot. I'm watching Hendon, what he's doing when the offense is on the field or when the offense is coming off to after a punt or, um, you know, just everything that he's doing on the sideline. He's been an unbelievable leader for this football team. And that's kind of what we've come to expect from him. Like he's just been a team first guy his entire time at Virginia Tech. Kind of watching his career transform. And with each game, him just continuing to build that confidence uh, and even the playbook opening up for him a lot as well. Um, but to your point, he's like a salamander. Like when he's in the pocket, he's very composed. He's a good passer. Um, but in terms of the running game, he's just slippery. Uh, one of the games that really kind of brought that to light was when we played Pittsburgh last year, when we played Miami last year, he's a very different runner. Um, and what's kind of funny about it is he looks like he's running out of control. He looks like, you know, when you're a kid and you like run downhill and you like, don't really have control of your body. He kind of looks like that, but he just has a way of making guys miss falling forward, um, and making things happen. So yeah, Grayson, I, I agree with you. Like I, I really, even, even Tyrod, he, he's just, he's just a different kind of player. Um, and, uh, definitely just one of the most elusive players that we've had at the quarterback position in a very long time. Speaking of the run game, can't talk about the run game without talking about Khalil Herbert. Kid is an absolute beast. I'm going to go ahead and say this. For the record, I did not think that Khalil was going to have the breakout season that he's that he's having. I just I just didn't. That's me being completely honest. But this Nobody young, did. Th- hey, this young man is averaging 9.7 yards a carry with 592 yards. That's what he's currently sitting on after the Boston College game last night. Five touchdowns in four games. That is absolutely absurd. This rushing attack is the best rushing attack in Virginia Tech football history. Billy, we always going back and forth comparing uh, 
comparing rosters 2016-2020, I think the uh, the 2020 offense might have the upper hand here, but in a completely different way. But Hendon Hooker, 18 carries, 164 yards, led the team in rushing. Khalil Herbert, 18 carries, 143 yards, little two-headed monster there. Herbert is averaging 148 yards per game, which uh, gives him the top uh, slot in the country there for yards per game. What I saw last night was just being able to make something out of nothing. I saw one play in the second quarter uh, before his second quarter touchdown where he completely created a hole for himself. And he did that because of his patience. He identifies where the gap is and he just shoots through. He has that burst of speed. Uh, He gets to the edge. He beats the corner. Um, So he has been just so much fun to watch and we're seeing it game over game over game. But Bill, tell me more about, uh, about what you saw out of our, uh, our running back room. Yeah, Grayson, you said you can't mention the Virginia Tech running game without Khalil Herbert. To be quite frankly, to be quite honest, you can't talk about the ACC without mentioning Khalil Herbert. You can't talk about college football this season without talking about Khalil Herbert. Um, he's just been magnificent. And again, it comes down to his patience and his vision. Like, you know, it's a, it's a joy to kind of watch the replays where there are the few times that the vice squad may not be able to poke a hole through the defense at the beginning. He's patient. He runs on his markers and he makes something happen. Um, But in terms of things outside of that, uh, I liked seeing that we got Raheem Blackshear a little bit more involved. I know that he had uh, not a ton of touches, but you can see that we're working to get him involved, put him in more motions and put him in different positions. So I look for that to continue to expand. Um, And then I guess the thing that got me the most excited was the down the field blocking by our offensive line. Uh, The play that really kind of stuck out for me was we ran a screen pass to Herbert uh, Hoffman and Darisaw and Hudson were all busting their tail to get down there and make plays. And to be honest, when you get down there, you have a 350, 330 pound guy basically trying to, you know, corral, a, a player that's way more athletic than he is. So, you know, it's not always, doesn't always have to be a devastating block. It's more so just getting your hands on him and letting the running back make the right decision. Uh, and we have really athletic offensive linemen who are able to do that. So they did a great job. I also want to take that a step further. And it's something that when I was on the team back in 2016, that coach Holman Wiggins was just adamant about, and that was wide receivers making blocks down the field. And that's something that we quite frankly have not done a great job with in the last two years. Um, But you have seen these wide receivers, these slots, and even the running backs buy in and throw blocks down the field which are creating touchdowns. There are so many plays where Khalil Herbert is able to bust through where, you know, it's two or three seconds after. And a lot of times, you know, you watch it in high school and even in college, you got guys like whistle hasn't blown, but they're looking behind them kind of to see what's going on. They don't stop. And players like the offensive line getting that done. And on that specific play on the screen pass to Herbert, you got Tavion Robinson driving his driving the corner, you know, 20, 30, 40 yards down the field. Nick Gallo's all the way down there throwing a block. And that's the kind of stuff that turns 15-yard gains, 20-yard gains into 30, 40-yard gains and touchdowns is guys getting down there and getting a hat on a hat. Um, and I think when you have players that are that special in the open field and you have offensive linemen and wide receivers that are excited to go make those plays happen. It's a special, special thing. So uh, I was just all around awesome stuff. The offense has been fantastic. Pat, I know you have some more statistics for us. Yeah. uh, Back on the Khalil Herbert train, Herbert is ninth in the country in kick return yards, something that I did not know he was in the top 10 for. 
Last night, we averaged 8.23 yards per play. And the average for the year for this team is 7.31 yards per play, which puts us at seventh nationally. We are currently ranked fifth in the power five for scoring offense, averaging 42 points a game. That's six touchdowns. It's a lot of touchdowns to go around. A lot of, uh, you know, if you're making that Hokie Club donation pledge per touchdown, uh, it might be a, uh, a rough a rough fall here on the on the bank account. Who are you telling? Virginia Tech is currently on a six-game streak of scoring 30 points or more, dating back to last season. The last time Tech had a streak like this was the start of the 2003 season. So it has been a very, very long time uh, since we've been putting up this many points in consecutive games. And what did that 2003 team have in common with this one? They had a very, very talented running back on that team, a guy named Kevin Jones. You might have heard of him. That's right, Kevin Jones. Uh, Another interesting statistic here that I noticed, um, it's not really a good stat or a bad stat. I just found it interesting. So we outrushed Boston College 350 yards to 90, forced five turnovers, won the turnover battle five to nothing. You'd assume that we would have crushed Boston College in time of possession, but we actually only outpossessed is that the correct verbiage we only outpossessed boston college by like 90 seconds so that was a that was an interesting statistic for you uh stat heads out there so uh but that's what i got so that's what we liked on the offensive side of the ball let's flip it over to the defense billy ray what did we like from the defense yesterday goodness golly gracious we saw some linebacker play yesterday It wasn't up to where it needs to be quite yet, but we saw better linebacker play. I saw Dax Hollifield make a couple plays in the passing game. Um, I saw a defensive backfield that has guys with real game experience from last year, which was awesome. Jamari Connor was back. Divine Diablo was back. So having them back was fantastic. And then at the end of the day, you force five turnovers and a a, a couple of them, maybe more than a couple, were gifts. But, you know, you force five turnovers, you're putting yourself in a position to really win a football game. And at the end of the day, this is what we we crushed them because of the five turnovers and being opportunistic, taking advantage of tip balls and overthrows, forcing fumbles. Um, the defense just got a really did a fantastic job getting after, quite frankly, one of the most productive offenses we have in the ACC. There are a lot of talented offenses in the ACC this year. This one's talented, and this one puts up a lot of points. Uh, we did a great job. Held them to 14 points. So uh, hat goes off to the defensive staff. They did a great job getting the boys ready. Um, and just fantastic, fantastic work. Um, and a big I'll, du- I'll double down on that, Bill. I mean, you already mentioned the defensive secondary was back healthy for the most part, minus Jermaine Waller. I mean, it really just goes to show how important uh, of a role guys like Breon Murray and Divine Diablo play in this secondary. So that was huge for us yesterday. The impact players on Boston College's offense, wide receiver Zay Flowers and tight end, who's the the height of Mount Everest, Hunter Long, only had a few big plays. Other than that, we forced turnovers and swarmed to the football. So that's always a great thing. Justin Hamilton seemed to have the boys ready to go. Uh, So loved, loved seeing that. Yeah, Grayson, just to double down on the job that we did, and we were – I mean, we hammered home. These are really talented wide receivers and tight ends that are going to be playing in the league. But we did a great job of of handling business. You go ahead and you look at the stat page. And again, Boston College is a team that typically throws the ball 50 times a game. 
Um, but we saw Zay Flowers had seven receptions for 57 yards. Long had four receptions for 53. And Lewis had two receptions for 43. Um, and then you made Jerkovich 28 for 51. He did have 345 yards, but two interceptions. So the defense really did a good job bouncing back. Again, just because Diablo's back, just because some of these other names are back, these are guys that are getting limited practice time and haven't really taken game speed reps to get in there, make plays, and really hold one of these high-powered offenses to numbers like that. You got to tip your cap. It's a fantastic job. Now let's move over to the offense for what did we not like? I will actually jump in here uh, with a quick one just because I was able to kind of kind of tune in at the beginning of the game uh, throughout the first quarter. Didn't like how we weren't able to score on those first few drives. Uh, seeing how slow we started at Carolina last week, thought we were going to come out with more of a uh, of a vengeance to to capitalize on those first few drives. You know, with her with Hooker, uh, you know, starting, we really needed to rely on their fumbles to to kind of build up that momentum for us. So that was kind of what I didn't like. Uh, just kind of immediately was the fact that we did not score right out of the gate. Uh, Grayson, I know there are some things on the offense that you were looking to see some improvement or, uh, you know, see some, some not, new wrinkles, not even, not even improvement. Uh, I mean, guys like l- last night's offensive performance was, was phenomenal. It really was, you know, to you Cornelson haters where you at we scored 40 points and, and put the beat down on him. So can't really do too much griping here. I will say this though. Like, I, yeah, I'm not mad at coach corn. I have no gripes. We all know hooker can throw the deep ball. We saw it last year. Don V talked about this on his post-game kind of recap when he went live on Twitter, and he said, pretty soon we will face a team that will wise up and and be more competitive on stopping our running game. Uh, So something that I would like to see next week against Wake Forest and the following week against Louisville is let Hooker air it out a little bit more. Try, Try and throw the ball deep. You know, we have weapons, Tavion Robinson, Trey Turner, James Mitchell. Those These guys can catch, man. Air that thing out right down the middle. I mean, now is the time to do that and get those reps before we play the Miamis and the Clemsons of the world. What, are, what Bill, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think this is just kind of – you can only do so much, right? It's 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 a sixty minute football game. The run game is going great. Uh, Boston College is a team you don't really want to get into a, a a you know throwing the ball over the field type of type of situation. Yeah, I would like to see us throw the ball. Yeah, we have talented wide receivers, but that's what practice is for. Um, you know, I think something that we commonly that we kind of do, and it frustrates me is everyone's like, Oh, we play in Boston college. Like we should win. Like we should just, you know, have the twos in or whatever. No, like Boston college is a good team. You got to do what you got to do to try to win the game. When you're going ahead and you're scheming up to play these teams, you're not saying, Oh, like let's work our pass game here. When we're up 14 or 17, you're really trying to establish the run. Virginia tech did a good job of that. I think it's something we'll need to lean on in the future. But the fact of the matter is this, this Virginia tech team is a run dominant football team and it's one of the best in the country. So while I do think that that's something that we can add and Hendon Hooker has the ability to do so, I think when we play Clemson and when we play Miami, the run game is going to be what's going to win that game. You're going to want to keep De'Ara King off the field. You're going to want to keep Trevor Lawrence off of the field. The run game is going to be what's able to do that. 
it's very difficult to say, Hey, let's get away from this and work on our pass game. So, uh, but yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, we got talented wide receivers. we got a quarterback who can air it out. It'd be nice to see it, but you know, we're a run football team. We're a power stick it in your face, run it down your throat type of team. And I personally like watching that even more. But the one gripe that I have is one that I've had for a while. And again, like I don't get paid to call the plays, not my job. Um, I just, I get a little frustrated with how we handle end of half time management. Sometimes, uh, we got the ball back on our own 34 with a minute and 47 left. I will say this week is one of the weeks that I understood it. Um, because we did get a 10 yard holding penalty on first down. We had all the momentum. You start out at first and first and 20 on your own 24. Uh, I can see kind of airing on the side of conservatization. Um, but I, I just don't see, I don't love how we handle that. Typically what we do when we get the ball back with 90 or so seconds left before halftime is we'll, we'll throw it once, see how it goes. And then we'll just run the clock out. But um, other than that, I mean, we have a great offense. We have a top 15 offense in the country. It's it's clicking on all cylinders. Um, So I guess my one add on though, for things that I'd like to see improvement with, um, and this has kind of been a common theme is at the end of the half, when we get the ball back with 90 seconds, we air to be very conservative, whether it's passing the ball once. And if it doesn't work out so well, we'll run a screen or we'll just run a quarterback draw or a running back draw. I will say though, this week, people were freaking out about it. I can see where the coaching staff was coming from because we get the ball on our own 34, 147. You're left. You're like, Oh, okay. Like, let's take a shot. And we did. We threw the ball on first down, got a 10 yard holding penalty. You put yourself in first and 20 with the ball on your own 24. So I actually agreed with it that time, but that's something that's kind of just a common theme. I'll say one other thing, Trey Turner, man, Trey Turner is a talented kid. I love Trey. He's going to make big plays this season. He's done a fantastic job leading. I know that he hasn't kind of had the impact that a lot of people thought he would at this point. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing when he's able um, to break out and have a game. Um, I don't know what he's dealing with right now. Uh, it looks like he took himself out in the second half or, or has uh, some nagging injury or, or ailment. Um, but looking forward to when he does have his breakout game because that's definitely coming down the pipe. So we give up 56 points to Carolina, and then the next week we give up 14. A drastic improvement as far as uh, points scored. Now, granted, the North Carolina offense – and the Boston College offense is completely, completely different. Billy Ray, what were some improvements that you would like to see on the defensive side of the ball as we move yeah. forward? Yeah, I think the one that I said last week, and it's been a, it's been a worry of mine literally since we've started the season uh, after the first game, is we just – and I think it's a difference in technique – and it's, and it's led to more sacks and it's led to more TFLs, I suppose. Um, but we're just not really gap sound. We're really kind of just pinning our ears back and running after the quarterback or looking to cause havoc in the backfield. But what we did last year and the years before is the off the defensive line and the Ricky Walkers, of the world, the Tim settles, of the world, they were more focused on remaining gap sound. And that's kind of why you would see the Andrew Matua Pawakas of the world or the Rayshard Ashby's or the Jack Tyler's of the world you know, finish games with 12, 13, 14 tackles because the linebackers were clean. They were able to run around and make plays. So I'm not going to say it needs improvement. I do think that it's something we do a little bit different in terms of what I want to see done differently though. We have to keep contained. We've been getting killed on keeping contained a ton this season. Uh, I would really like to see us do a better job, but that's just something to look at. 
Um, you know, a lot of people have kind of been looking at the stat sheet and being like, oh, you know, why do we have so few tackles at the linebacker position? I think that's a huge reason why. It's just it's a different technique. The linebackers are not clean. The linemen are getting up on the linebackers more often. Now, the linebackers certainly can play better, and they need to play better, and they did this week. Um, but I think that that's something that's just been a little different. You know, Bill, I agree. Uh, while the defense forced multiple turnovers yesterday, the thing that I guess irritated me the most, uh, and we saw this last week, was the the uh, what I'll call bumper car tackling. We have to wrap up. Have to wrap up. When we face superior offenses like Miami and Clemson, I talked about that earlier. Uh, with with the rushing game and why I want to see us air out more, when we face superior offenses like Miami and Clemson, you can't you can't bumper car tackle Travis Etienne. It's impossible. That that man will have a career night if we try and bumper car tackle him. So we have to wrap up. That absolutely then, has to get that ha- absolutely has to get better. Uh, absolutely that we've been dealing with, and um, you know I know guys are in and out. I know guys are missing practice. Um, but you got to wrap up. You can't just lower your head and expect the other guy to fall over, especially if you're playing a school very similar to a Big Ten school. And, uh, you know, you got big tight ends, you got big wide receivers. Um, I get it. You're trying to lay the boom, but you got to just get the guy in the ground. Um, and we definitely have to do a better job of that. I would say the last thing that uh, this, this is just a minor gripe. Learn from careless penalties like roughing the passer uh, there's, there's no excuse for anything like that. Let them do that to us. But one roughing the passer penalty costs 15 yards and a free first down. And I hate to be captain obvious here, but that's never something that you want to give the other team, especially when they're on your side of the field. I completely agree, Grayson. And I think, you know, one thing to take note of, Pat, we were kind of praising Tech for this earlier. We went into this game with 12 penalties on the year through three games. We had seven yesterday. Um, and again, we're praising about, about how we've played, but just got to continue to be smart. Uh, can't be getting penalized like that. I think that that's something that Tech has done a really good job of up until this last game. Um, definitely don't want to see seven penalties. Definitely don't want to see drive continuing penalties. Um, so just something to keep an eye on as well. So we're going to move into awards here. The awards section is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel. They are launching a new school every weekend. They actually have five schools launching uh, this next weekend, I believe. I saw the announcement earlier today. Big new Saturday. This is the biggest new Saturday. Uh, They really do their research on the universities that they partner with. The Virginia Tech collection is no different There is a Skipper Cannon sweatshirt. We saw Andrew Seibel rocking that uh, at the game on Saturday. Shout out him. Uh, We see the Fighting Gobbler, like the the purple Fighting Gobbler uh, logo. We see the Angry, we'll call him the Angry Gobbler logo as well. We got the Vintage VT logo. All on the most comfortable, most soft you know, magical cotton. It's like a cloud. Sons of Cumulonimbus. Check out Homefield. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Follow them on uh, social media. Check out the Virginia Tech collection or any collection and use promo code Sons of Sat. Get you 20% off of your order. Again, homefieldapparel.com. Check them out. They are a great, 
great business and we are happy to work with them. So pride, joy, food crew, defense, special teams, and offense. You guys know the drill. Billy Ray, let's hear the pride award. Who is the recipient this week? So it was tough. We had a little bit of a dialogue before uh, we pressed record here on who deserved it. Uh, I had a lot of guys stepped up. Alan Tisdale played great this week. Amari Barno played great this week. We had some other guys fill in, some guys get back. Um, but we're going to go with Jamari Connor. Jamari uh, Connor just plays extremely hard. He had a rough early exit last week, comes back in the game, notches 11 tackles and forces a fumble. Um, he's just gotten better and gotten better uh, and is a really, really just a staple of that defensive backfield for Virginia Tech. And I think, um, you know, He's definitely deserving, but hats off to the defense. Again, five turnovers, great job, 14 points out of Boston College. But Jamari Connor, you are our pride recipient this week. What do we got for Joy? So for Joy, we are going to feature our feature back and our feature kick returner, Khalil Herbert. Had two kick returns, 51 yards. He's always just making moves. We'll give some honorable mentions here. Keyshawn King had a little, uh, had a little return there. That was a, a surprise. Welcome back. Win. Welcome back. Got us right past the 50. And then a tweet that I just uh, was digging up from Damian Salas at VT Hokie talking about Brian Johnson breaking the record for consecutive extra points made since 1987. Brian Johnson has made 114 straight extra points. Uh, which Is that breaks- good? That's that's that is a lot of touchdowns too. It breaks Shane Graham's record. Um, Shane Graham had 97 in a row from 97 to 99. So the more you know, but Khalil Herbert, ninth in the country in punt uh, kick return yards, and here he is winning the Joy Award. Grayson, tell us about the recipient of the Foo Crew. Foo Crew, it's got to be it's got to be Captain Hook. Welcome back to the driver's seat, man. Hendon Hooker, I mean, we've talked about it so much already. Had a phenomenal game yesterday. 11 completions, 15 attempts, 111 yards, uh, a 73.3 completion percentage, averaging 7.4 yards, and he even had a touchdown of his own. He had two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, phenomenal performance by uh, by Captain Hook, Hen Boss. Can't wait to see what you do next week, man. So before we get into our word of the day, uh, got to give a honor, another honorable mention award. Uh, live tweeter, live tweeter of the game goes to uh, Mr. John Laser. John, we missed you in the booth. Uh, we wanted to hear your calls. And uh, it was funny because we saw you know, some folks were posting on Twitter, posted on the message, message boards. They said, can they get those SOS guys to, to fill in a little bit? which was absolutely hilarious. So we did. Billy Ray, tell us <laughs> tell us about your uh, your fun Saturday night. I got to tell you, I was the 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 crew some somebody they're not from the peanut gallery. It was actually kind of funny. Somebody actually screenshotted Mike who was in the middle of laughing on uh, on the couch, but I, anytime we scored, I was like, "You know what? I'm going to if if it fits, I'm going to do a nice little little tat tat tip of the cap to our man Lays. Uh Lays, hope you got a kick out of that. Um, I certainly know that Mike and Trent got a kick out of it the first time, but maybe the second and third, our neighbors and Mike and Trent were not too happy about it. Uh, but really excited to get you back in the booth. And Grayson, I know you're excited about the live tweeting. I hope you keep the live tweeting going. I absolutely loved the content there. 
No, that was that was just such a different side of uh, of of Lay's. You know, I, I, I it was so weird because I'm just not used to seeing his his tweets during during a football game. So to Lay's, I say this: if you can find a way to call the game but simultaneously live tweet, sons of we're about that over here. I also I also it was Lay's first time you saw on Twitter. He was uh, adjusting to the long. Wait, yeah, Lays, eight o'clock kickoffs are brutal. I mean, you gotta wait all day. You're watching all the other games, just waiting for some hokey football. It's definitely an adjustment. I'm glad, uh, glad you're able to make it all the way to kickoff. <laughs> so, word of the day here, I'm gonna kick it off. Turnovers. Turnovers kept us in this game early. We we really lucked out. Three fumble recoveries. Billy Billy said it. He said, Yeah, they're gonna fumble the ball, but guess what? We had the guys that jumped on the ball first, and that's very important. Somebody's got to pick them up. Somebody's got to pick them up. Did, what, um, did they do a drill for that in practice? They do do a drill. It's an absolutely hilarious drill. Um, fumble recovery drill. It's absolutely a ton of fun to watch. Um, uh, so <laughs> well, what's your word of the day? My word of the day is an ode to Pat Finn and another ode to Mr. Laser. We're going to go with Shh, Herbert. Khalil Herbert just continually, continually doing his thing and just making plays. The offensive line's been great, but hey, get that guy some sure Herbert. Shout out Sherbert. to Khalil Herbert. Orange Sher- Sherbert. Orange Sherbert. I'm more of a rainbow Sherbert kind of guy if I'm going Sherbert. But you know, dynamic. Italian maybe. ice if you're from Italian ice if you're from uh if you're from the Northeast. A lot of you Southern folk wouldn't know much about that, but Italian ice is fantastic as well. Gelato, <laughs> gelato's good. Okay. <laughs> big, big gelato guys over here. Uh, my word of the day is it's got to be offense, guys. It just the, the offense's performance all season is, is a marvel of modern science. It really is just so great to see our offense clicking on, uh, on all cylinders. Uh, and, and, you know, this is coming from a guy who last year, last season, I was openly critical of Coach Corn. Uh, drove Bill and Pat crazy with it, but you know, call a spade a spade. This season, his guys are doing work, and can I know I, that they. Can will- I? Can I add in? Can I add in something, Grayson? Please. Sure. I hate to do this. The people, I, I hate doing this every episode. The people out there that are still have issues with this offensive play calling, like what is your what is the standard for you guys? Like, is forty points a game not like really good? Like. At what point in your wildest dreams, you would have never shut your eyes sitting in your race car uh, childhood bed with the glow in the dark stars on the ceiling and your you know poster of the Power Rangers when you were back in like middle school. You would have never dreamed of Virginia Tech putting up 40 points a game or doing 350 yards on the ground like it's going out of style or the stuff that we've been able to do on offense. So, you know, I can understand having these conversations last year. Um, but this year there, I, I see if you, if you still have serious qualms with the offense and you're still seriously like, you know, pitchforks and hand grenades, maybe like reevaluate as Pat likes to say, zoom out on your life, bro. And this, this isn't even, you know, last week on Twitter, we saw the, Oh, you know, sons of Saturday putting the, the, the spin on it or, or, or the Homer. It's not, it's not being a Homer. The offense is rolling. Like, like, what do you want from them? 
What do you want Grayson from us? Not, Grayson is not, ne- and also Grayson is not necessarily Mr. Brightside. So he's yeah. giving you, he's giving you his honest opinion here. It's true. It's it's the absolute truth. I mean, I I wouldn't even say this season. I'm I'm the pessimistic kind of flair to this to this podcast that we do. But like, come on, come on, Hokie Nation. Like, get it together. Get it together, Grouch. Get a job, Grouch. What's this guy's deal, Dad? What's what's this guy's deal? <laughs> Bill, I know you had some closing thoughts. Yeah, closing thoughts. Um look, I kind of before, before we get into letters of the lunch pill, of course. Of course, of course, of course. Um, so my closing thought here is I just don't want to gloss over this. Like again, we said it earlier. Um, you know, don't don't just kind of take this for granted. This Boston College team went down to the wire with North Carolina. They come into Virginia Tech. They're three and one. Um, they're fully expecting to win the game. They got a, a really talented quarterback, a really talented offense. And this was a talented football came, football team that came into Blacksburg. And quite frankly, we whooped them up and down the field, made their quarterback looks, look subpar, handled business, won the football game, won it convincingly. Great teams win. Good teams win. Great teams covered. We covered by more than 2x. Fantastic job by the hoax. Um, but again, don't again, don't gloss over this. Like this is a good Boston College team that we just beat. And um, again, let's keep it rolling, man. Let's keep it rolling. Revenge tour 2020, 2 and 0. Took care of business against Duke, took care of business against Boston College as well. So letters from the lunch pill presented by the Hub Blacksburg. Billy Ray. When you live somewhere, you got letters sent to you. Well, we want to be sending you the Sons of Saturday Apparel. We want to be sending it over to the Hub in Blacksburg. If you are a student, if you are a grad student, if you're living in the Blacksburg area and you want to live in the absolute best student housing facility that there is, I'm sorry, it is the Hub in Blacksburg. You want to talk about having a beautiful pool? You want to swim some laps? I know that that's something you don't know. Hey, you want to work out? You don't want to get all sweaty? Jump in the pool, run some laps. You want to go to the state-of-the-art gym? Check out the gym. They have a tire in there. Name another place that has a tire in their gym facility. What else do they have? A world-class world-class study lounge. They have jacuzzis. You can literally have a jacuzzi, not just at the facility. It is your jacuzzi that is on your back patio with the VIP application. So if you're interested, you want to check it out, please let us know. I know that Kathleen and Sarah have been handing out free hub apparel when the, with the purchase of one of the Sons of Saturday campus-only sweatshirts. So we have been doing a great job with that Check out the hub. You get $235 off if you sign your lease the same day that you start your application. Make sure you check that out. It is a fantastic, fantastic place. And when you do check them out and when you do sign the lease after you're blown away by how it looks, let them know the sun sent you. The hub in Blacksburg. Give it a look. John Cranham submits the first Hokie Haiku. Cran Cam says, on Saturday, I posted the video from the reporter at the ACC Network who interviewed Hendon Hooker. She said he was in the hospital and there was a chance he would have to give up the game. This is true. Go to his Twitter. Check that. We'll, we'll put it in the uh, we'll put it in this podcast right up here. Do you know any more about this? Can you comment on how intense this was for Hendon and the coaches? Yeah, so. Again, something that just wasn't public knowledge and something that it's really not the coach's place to talk about it. Um, but everybody's up in arms wondering, you know, why isn't Hendon starting game one? Why isn't this? Why isn't that? 
Now, Hendon's been dealing with some really, really, really difficult things. And um, to be honest, could have never played football again. Um, so first and foremost, I'm really glad to see that Hendon is back out there uh, doing what he loves and doing it at a really high level. Um, and it kind of you know brings it back to reality. The coaches were concerned. And it's just another one example of somebody on the football team that you know, isn't able to practice or isn't at a hundred percent and didn't get those reps. And, um, he's just kind of lucky to be out there and he's making the most of his, of his opportunity. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to remember football is just a game. Um, and at the, we're just really happy that Hendon is doing okay. And Hendon's back out there doing what we love. And I got to tip my cap to the ACC network. Uh, they did an awesome job. Um, was a great interview with Hendon as well. He's a fantastic kid. Um, and again, just wishing him to continue to be healthy and uh, love seeing him behind center at QB1. So really glad that he's back out there. Chris at Dankest Hokie says, if Herbert is a senior this year and eligibility does not count this year, is there a chance he sticks around next year? I'm just going to make a bold face prediction and say no. Uh, he is having a record-breaking season. He is pacing to break Virginia Tech records. He's leading the country in rushing yards per game. Running backs do not have a long shelf life. Uh, running back is the position in football where you get beat up the most. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's having a career year right now. I don't think there's any chance that we'll see him next year. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's my immediate take. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I have no idea what he's thinking. I have no idea what he's going to do. Um, but I mean, Chris, ask yourself, like, what would you, what would Chris do if the, if uh, Chris was Khalil Herbert? Um, he's one of the best backs in the country right now. He's absolutely dominated. Um, and uh, I'm just glad he's a hokey. Um, I don't love doing this um, because I just don't love projecting what somebody's going to do or not do. But again, Pat, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Shelf life's not very long for running backs. He's got it out there. What can he potentially do? There's a long season ahead. Hope he stays healthy. Hope he keeps on this trajectory. But you often got to ask yourself, like coming back, what does that do to improve your stock? And, um, you know, he'll, he'll evaluate that. I know the coaching staff will evaluate that. This is something that we talked about in our Fuente interview. Coincidentally, the day it came out the day of the Caleb Farley announcement. Um, but I know that that coaching staff always is, does a great job enabling the players to make the best decision for them. So we'll see what happens. Chris Givens, complete this sentence. Hooker is the blank best QB in the ACC. I'm going to say that Hendon Hooker is the third best quarterback in the ACC. I think it's pretty obvious who uh, one and two are. Trevor Lawrence, Sam Howell, uh, that's my pick. I'm going to go ahead because you didn't say I couldn't do this. I'm going to go ahead and do some wordsmithing here. I'm changing the order of the words to Hendon Hooker is the best dual threat quarterback in the ACC. But Bill, what about De'Eric King? I said dual threat quarterbacks. De'Eric King is a running back who happens to take snaps for Miami and run the ball. Hendon Hooker has the ability to do both at an extremely high level. Huge fan of what he's been doing, and he still has plenty of time to continue to get better under Coach Fontaine, Coach Cornelson, and he has fantastic weapons. So I look for him to continue to get better as he gets more reps. Again, yesterday was the first game that he was starting after hiatus, so I'm going to go with he is the best dual-threat quarterback in the ACC. You can take that to the bank. At RhinoVT76 asks, what are your thoughts on the potential of having three 100-yard rushers, Herbert, Hooker, and Blackshear, in the same game at some point this season, maybe this coming week? 
against Wake. That let UVA run all over them. You know what, Ron, Ronnie? I think it would be awesome. I'm not saying that it's impossible. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but uh, that's tough. That's tough to have three guys with 100-plus yards. Um, I, I'll put it we this way. It, hey, we did it once with passing. We talked yes. about it with Isaiah. Cam Phillips, Bucky Hodges, and Isaiah Ford all went for 100 against Pittsburgh uh, in 2016. So I definitely think, I mean, to to, say, to sum it up, Grayson, that would be awesome. And the, I the, think, that's the easy answer. <laughs> the easy answer is that'd be sick. That'd be so, sick. And it's something that we've done with our receivers before. Um, so I'd be interested. I'd be interested. I think it's, I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility. Peter at Pete LaClade tail. Sorry, Peter at Pete LaClade tail of two halves with this defense. Huh? That sounds a lot like my golf game, which I attribute to lack of practice time together and game speed. Did you guys see enough positive strides out of this defense in the second half as they shook off the rust and started getting or started gelling to feel good about our secondary going forward? Honestly, Peter, you know, with our healthy secondary back, I feel a heck of a lot better as anyone would. Uh, but with with depth, I mean, it just goes to show if what if a guy like Diablo goes down, if a guy like Breon Murray goes down, we saw it last week with UNC, they're gonna pick on whoever replaces those players happens to be. They're, they're going to watch the film, they're gonna say, okay, this is the weak side of the field, and they're going to pick on it. So here's to hoping if our secondary stays healthy, you know, I, I like what I've seen. We have to wrap up. We talked about that earlier, but you know, I, I think our defense is doing well enough right now. You know what gets me angry, Grayson, and you alluded to it at this point? Yeah, teams are going to key in on guys that are missing. They're going to key in on the information that they know and watch the film. But you know what they're also going to do is they're going to read that stuff that's out there on boards. They're going to read the stuff that's put out there by students or whoever else is saying stuff. Um, and it's kind of just pissed me off to see Virginia Tech being the ones that are tattletailing on themselves. Coaches obviously are being very kind of to the chest with who's playing, who's not playing, who's out, who's in. Um, it's not really your place to be talking about that. So uh, I don't, this isn't really a, an answer to his question, um, but it seems like Virginia Tech is the only school that's struggling with somehow the word getting out of who is playing and who is not, and teams are able to key, on, key in on that. You saw Duke do it when we played. Everybody in the country knew who was out for the Duke game. Everybody in the country knew who was out for the North Carolina game. Um, kind of sick of seeing that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my my ten cents there. BK nineteen says I can't see Wake Forest containing Tech's run. How big of a threat is Liberty? The team could get on a huge run of wins. Liberty, man, they took Liberty's Syracuse. Good. Behind the shed, man. Like they have two tiny guys who were incredibly speedy and can hit the hole. And uh, I know one of their backs went for over 200 yards in the carrier dome this weekend. I'm not going to say I'm worried about Liberty. Um, and I think what what is that? That's on November 7th. So we we still have a few games: Wake Forest and Louisville uh, before Liberty. But um, I mean, I like our odds in all three of those games, but Liberty is going to be a threat. They will be a threat uh, just because everyone sees Liberty as the cupcake game. But 
as we found out on Saturday, they are not going to be the cupcake game. Can I make a hot take? Yeah. Out of Wake and Louisville and Liberty, I am going to go on a limb and say that I am the most fearful of Liberty out of those three teams. I think we will win all three games. I am very, I, I just don't, I don't like Liberty. You got Hugh Freeze over there. I just, it's freaking me out, man. It's freaking me out. Coach big uh, that hospital bed, baby. Let's go. Big, uh, big letdown look ahead uh, potential there with sure. Miami coming the week after Liberty. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have to take care of business and go one and zero each week. Sharkies shout outs, Grayson. Jump in. Sharkies shout outs, guys. This is really, really cool. What we uh, have partnered with Sharkies to do. Sharkies wing and rib joint. It's where good friends go. Go down there, get you a Long Island iced tea. But before you do that, hashtag welcome to the bloody weekend. We have partnered with Sharkies to do a Saturday and Sunday Bloody Mary menu. Three different Bloody Marys. They are called, the first one is Shark's Blood. The second one is Bloody Maria. And the third is Ancho Sriracha Bloody All three great options all bring a different flair, a different level of spice. And if you're not a Bloody Mary fan, also part of this menu is a mimosa pitcher. You get a bottle of Wycliffe champagne and orange juice. A pitcher of mimosas. That is awesome. Let me let me explain. So I, I talked to JJ at Sharkies. He says, Grayson, we can't do bottomless. The Commonwealth will not allow us to do that. But what's the next best thing? A pitcher might as well be bottomless. And if you're really trying to step it up a notch, you can do the Mormosa for an, an additional $6.50. That's a mimosa with a shot of vodka served over ice in a pint glass. If you're 21, if you're 21, if, if you're 21. you can take advantage. <laughs> if you're not, you should stay home and have some orange juice. Mixed with orange juice. <laughs> Guys, this is really an awesome thing that they got going on down there. And if you're not 21, you can go down and still partake. California, burger action. The wings there are phenomenal. Everything that you love about Sharkies, maybe minus the Bloody Marys. So, Go down and see our friends at Sharky's Wing and Rib Joint. It's where good friends go. Shout-outs. Pat, I know you got a bunch of shout-outs coming over, so I will be quick. Shout-out, Mom and Dad. Missed you. Haven't seen them in a couple weeks. Shout-out to Trent Young. It was fantastic seeing you this weekend. Absolutely fantastic. And shout-out Jack Click. Jack Click got all excited when I shouted him out last week, so I'm going to shout him out again this week. Shout-out to you, Jack Click. Shout-out to Save Blacksburg and Local Light. Uh, we got on here and talked about it last week. Billy Ray did a little uh, monologue on Twitter last week as well. It is our responsibility to save Blacksburg. We saw what happened with Home Place. They're closed for the rest of the year. We saw what happened with Boudreaux and Blacksburg Tap House and the London Underground, even though they didn't really ever let us in the London Underground. That was kind of like, a, if you're a student, you shouldn't go in there. But uh, everyone's bummed out. We can't be at the games. We can't be pumping money into the Blacksburg economy. $80 million of economic activity uh, shortfall here. Download the Localite app. Use promo code SONSOFSAT. When you download, you can go on there, see the long, extensive list of Blacksburg businesses that have joined and teamed up with Localite. You essentially buy e-gift cards that... Get charged to your bank account now, charged to your credit card now, and 
think of uh, think of you doing yourself a favor for spring of 21 or fall of 21, going into Blacksburg, using that $50 Sharky's credit from when you bought it this fall. So go check it out. Main Street Farm is on there. Sharky's is on there. Uh, a bunch of awesome Blacksburg businesses are taking part. You sons of sat when you join. That being said, also have to give some some more in-depth shout outs here to uh, to the Gable and Schaefer family. Our friend of the podcast, Austin Gable, the dance moves were rocking on the dance floor. And then the all-world mother of the bride, Beth Schaefer. Gotta give Beth a shout out. Uh, fantastic family. Shout out Emma D and the Radford Bobcats. Man, it, Radford High School. I don't know if you guys know anyone from there. Robert Irby, fellow scribe of Saturday, is a Radford Bobcat grad. Mike Young, you might have heard of him. Radford Bobcat graduate. That is a group of people that just sticks together, man. I love all my Radford Bobcats. Shout out to you guys and shout out to Carl E. Global. Hashtag, if you know, you know. Uh, Hokies in the NFL. Kendall Fuller had another pick today. That's four in three games. Logan Thomas had a nice touchdown today. Uh, that's all I got to uh, to see from the NFL. I was driving home today. But um, please rate, subscribe, follow us on socials, follow us on Facebook. Go check out our merchandise at sonsofsaturday.com and uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Grayson. Stamp, stamp all of that. And and for the localite, make sure you have the most up-to-date iOS. Uh, I learned that the hard way. Sons of need to update. <laughs> my <laughs> my shout-outs are to Eric Avazar. Wanted to shout you out, buddy. Uh, have had so much fun doing the uh, West Coast reports uh, week in and week out. Hope to continue to do those. Uh, having a blast. Shout-out to O'Brien's for hosting that huge crowd yesterday. We kept it very socially distant. Everyone was wearing their masks. Uh, I know it was kind of overwhelming. And to everyone who was there last night, biggest crowd that I've seen at a Virginia Tech football game since I moved to L.A. And then shout out to Brandon Faison, man, for rolling through. That was so cool to to see you there. And he told me last night, he was like, man, it's it's so cool what you guys got going on and always let me know if you need anything. So I appreciate that very, very much. Love that, Grayson. (laughs) Shout out to you, B-Face and David Prince. Um, but yeah, opened up as seven point favorites at Wake Forest. Really excited about that. Uh, going through and crushing the state of North Carolina, trying to go three for four. North Carolina did drop a game, a big game to Florida State this weekend. So, um, love to see that. But aside from that, we'll be back with our Wake Forest preview. Uh, as always, send in your letters to the lunch pail. As always, like, rate, and subscribe. Pat just said that. But everybody, have a fantastic start to your week, and we will talk to you guys soon. <laughs>